It's a fall day in Berkeley, and 14 people are gathered to talk about death and personal loss over glasses of fine wine and a delicious meal. That's a lentil salad. Um, this is butternut squash um, and spinach um, lasagna. They're here at the invitation of the Jewish Community Center East Bay, which is hosting its first death over dinner. Uh, you know, I, I think about my father. We died at the age of 96. And I never went to visit her. I didn't go to her funeral. This is just sort of the way my family treats death. Right to the end, she really was embracing her life as it was, and which I admire greatly. Uh, I, I will totally miss her forever. One of the greatest losses now is that I can't thank her. The Jewish Community Center's Amy Tobin was co-host at one of the dinner tables. So each person spoke about the person who had been meaningful to them, who they had lost, and then they silently lit a candle and left it on the table. And then each of those candles burned. What I do like about it is that it gave each person a quiet moment of reflection. It brought that, the person's spirit into the room who they were talking about, and it gave a nice space before the next person talked. So from that perspective, and that's what, you, what ritual usually does, it was a very elegant thing to do. The first death over dinner took place in San Francisco five years ago. Since then, over 100,000 death over dinners have been held in 30 countries. Hi, are you here for the Death Cafe? Hi, welcome, what's your name? Helen. Helen, I'm Jim. Jim, nice to Glad meet to you. Glad to see you. Death cafes are similar to death over dinner, but less formal. Jim Van Buskirk is at the door, greeting new arrivals to the Death Cafe he helped start two years ago in San Francisco. Twenty-five people have come, most of them strangers to each other. They're sitting in a circle, sipping tea and eating cookies and fruit. So, um, I guess we're going to go ahead and get started. And who hasn't been to a Death Cafe before? Oh, good. So about half of you. That's great. So, take a deep breath. It's fine. It's not scary. Uh, it's actually fun. Van Buskirk and two co-facilitators explain the guidelines at the start of the two-hour meeting. The forum is open to any discussion related to death. It's like a Quaker meeting. Whoever wants to dive in and say, my cat died two years ago and I can't stop thinking about it, or... I'm trying to deal with the clutter left by my recently deceased parent. So it's all over the map. The stories can be serious and funny in turns. The conversations are freewheeling and can become deeply philosophical. What is death? Is there an afterlife? What about reincarnation? Above all, death cafes are an outlet for people to speak about unmentionable subjects. It's a safe space for people to talk freely in confidence. Their last names are not revealed to protect their identities. Glenn was attending his first death cafe, and he asked the group, where were you 30 years ago when I needed you? He says he experienced many deaths in his family at a young age, and he had no one to talk to. As a young man, Glenn was confused, angry, and full of emotional pain. It's cathartic to get things off your chest. Uh, I think hearing other people's stories would put things into perspective. You know, maybe it's not something that you need to be angry about. It might have made death seem a little bit more almost just natural, especially as you see people approaching it with such humility 
Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be, I don't know, such a, a shocking, you know, upheaval. By hosting these events, Van Buskirk and his colleagues hope that death will become demystified and less scary. Our logo was going to be, talking about death won't kill you. Because fear of death is so great, most Americans are unprepared for the end of life. Although 75% of people polled want to die in their homes, only 25% actually do. Because people are so resistant to writing their will or working on their advanced care directive, because they're afraid that if they have all their documents in order, that it's going to invite the Grim Reaper. The more we talk about it and the more we incorporate it back into our lives, the better off we'll all be. The growing public interest in death led to last year's Reimagine End of Life, a week-long festival in the Bay Area sponsored by the local design firm IDEO. And full disclosure, the festival was sponsored by KALW2. In 2013, redesigning death became one of IDEO's priority areas. How to promote conversations about living and dying using art and design. And we thought, could we tap into the local conversations and the local activity that's already happening around this topic? Shoshana Berger is IDEO's editorial director. So death over dinner, death cafes, death podcasts, all of that was already happening. So IDEO really acted as something of a convener, gathering everyone together for one week to have a local civic conversation about death. The Reimagine Festival hosted panel discussions, music, poetry, storytelling, and art installations. Berger says over 2,000 people attended the event. We were shocked by the numbers. I mean, it was, there were, it was sold out crowds and standing room only throughout the week. Uh, it was hard to get into these events. I was really astonished by how eager people were to come and talk about death. You know, it's not exactly a date night thing. The last sound I wish to hear in my life would be a gentle breeze through the trees. Or being on a mountainside and hearing the wind go past. The ocean. The ocean waves hitting the beach. Berger says one of the festival highlights was this sound collage by performance artist Yoko Kay, a vivid reminder that eventually... Everyone dies. It's life. It's movement. It's transformative. Genetically calming. I think we've slept by water. It's like their happy place. Jim Van Buskirk says overcoming taboos and accepting death can help us live more fully in the present. I'm reminded about the te- uh, the uh, how temporary we are, how, you know, we have a very short time on this planet. And I think what the Death Cafe does is remind everybody, we may not have tomorrow. So if you're going to do something, do it today. If you want to tell somebody, I love you, or resolve a conflict, now is the time. Public discussions and festivals centered around death would have been unimaginable 20 years ago. 
The hosts and organizers of death cafes and death over dinner believe they have now paved the way for thousands of open, honest conversations about the end of life. For Cross Currents, I'm Joanne Marr.